Hi, here's Oliver. Before we start, a quick heads up. If you want to build and scale your personal brand, I'm offering my unignorable master's program for 60% off at the moment. You and I will be working together for five weeks because the invisible don't reach their full potential life and I want you to become unignorable. Now, on to this week's episode. I believe that the fashion industry is fighting since ages to close the gap between sustainability and economic goals. I see the chance actually of technology to close this gap. Also, bigger fashion companies who are producing fast fashion can be sustainable with technology. Hello and welcome to Speak Like a CEO. My name is Lena Carlson and I'm here with Oliver Ast. Hey Oliver. Hey Lena. Our guest today is Anna Franziska Michel. She's the founder of Yuna and her aim is to revolutionize the fashion industry by making it more sustainable through the use of technology. Anna holds a degree in fashion design and she's the recipient of many awards including the Female Digital Leader Award and is currently working with Techstars in Berlin to scale her business. Her aim is to build the Tesla for the fashion industry. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Welcome to the show. Hi Anna. Can you tell us a little bit um, about the company that you've just created? Yes, of course. So we with you now, we are helping fashion companies to shorten time and money and also, like Oliver right now said, we are helping them to be more sustainable and also we are enhancing creativity. That's quite a lot. I mean, let's let's unpack this. There's a lot of waste in the fashion industry, right? I read somewhere it's 400,000 tons per year, which is just an enormous amount. How do you tackle the problem of waste in the fashion industry? Mm, yes, I was working myself as a designer, so all my work or my creation and also why I bu I'm building this company is coming from that. Um, we in the fashion industry, we are designing like with guesswork. We are guessing what could be the next big thing, what could the customer buy. And we with you now, we analyze data and this data is like objective. They're objective designs, customer made, customer centric. And so for example, with that, we can create less overstock and also customers are buying more. So there is no waste which is thrown away from the stores. And why was this an issue that you were so interested in to begin with? Because when I was designing, I just felt I'm creating more designs, you know, more designs and more designs. And uh, I didn't see any sense to create more designs. And I wanted to have a look in the back end process and how can we solve the problem to be more customer centric and to create designs which are really bought by the customers. I mean, you use the, the term objective design and that piqued my curiosity because I wonder how that would even work. I mean, you're using AI, right? But where, where does the data come from to design objective uh, fashion designs? Mm, I, I am always saying um, there's, there's one designer who's working like an artist, right? You create from your inner side, right? You create prints. They are really uh, artistic. And it's like... From, from your like art, like from your inner side to the outside, ex expressive art. And then if you want to create objective designs, you take design data. That is like performance data, how much designs did you sell. Um, you take you, all your inspirations, you take all your um, historical data, means technical drawing, 3D designs, and also you take trend data. What is the next trend? which is coming up. And if you put all of that together, you have objective designs, not 
only what you are thinking, like art, you're creating designs for the customer customers which they will buy. Do, do you already have some customers for Yuna? I can imagine that uh, the fashion industry will be quite interested in, in your technology. Yes, we have uh, paid pilot clients. Um, we work, for example, with Ernstings Family. We just created some kids shirts, objective created kids shirts. Um, we are working with a very famous Berlin designer, actually, with Esther Perband. Um, we are working, we just started to work with Puma. Yes. And also we created some beautiful designs for the young talents of Vogue magazine. I have a couple of questions about the fashion industry. Um, because I think there's been a general conception that working in the fashion industry is very much like the movie The Devil Wears Prada. I think there are a lot of brands in the last few years that are really trying to, you know, kind of challenge the status quo that there's only the, this exclusive fashion circle that everything should be like fast fashion. How have you kind of seen that entire like dialogue and story and exclusivity shift over the last few years, I guess, since you've been in the industry for so long now? Yeah, I believe that the fashion industry in general is fighting since ages to close the gap between sustainability and economic goals, right? And as fast fashion companies are mostly working for economic goals. And I see the chance actually of technology to close this gap. Um, and the only way like this, I mean, this big companies will not change. We, we, we were fighting for that to change them, that they are more transparent and everything, that they're producing differently. And I think that technology can change their back-end processes, like my processes as a smaller designer. Also, that processes of them can be changed to be more sustainable. So, and together with better production, um, uh, better production sites or better uh, fabrics or everything like we use already, technology can bring this all together to be sustainable, like a holistic, sustainable way for them. And so also bigger fashion companies who are producing fast fashion can be sustainable with technology. I wonder how much of a dent this can really make. I can completely see how useful it is and that uh, fashion companies may be interested because, you know, we'll save the money and we'll reduce waste and, you know, it's basically a win-win if it works. But can you really revolutionize the industry with technology or is it just a nice add-on? Oh, I think it's a complete, it's a total revolution. I, th I believe that we can revolutionize the industry because we are not only tackling sustainability, we are also bringing them what they are looking for, saving time and costs, right? So we are evolution. Yes, of course. I mean, and they have to because there are statistics that companies who are not digitizing in the next months or, or years, they will die, right? So they have no chance to be, to change their way of working and use technology. Yeah, and how was it received? I mean, when you first pitched to these fashion companies, what was the response you initially got? Well, I traveled to last year when I could still travel. Uh, I traveled to to most of the bigger companies in Germany, and I felt I was like an ambassador because I came as a designer with technology. And I know, because I know how designers are, if there would be a tech person, an IT person, they wouldn't even listen. 
they would not listen to them. But I was talking to them um, with my out of my experience as a designer, the challenges I had, right? For example, in companies, some companies has only two, some designers in some companies have, have only two and a half hours to create a complete design, right? You can imagine how, how pressured they are. And I came there and actually I, um, yeah, I felt a lot of pleasure and happiness because they were all nodding when I was telling the story and what, what I'm creating. That just brings up a very interesting point when you say normally design people are not interested in talking to tech people, for example. Again, I think that's something that has really been shifting um, recently. I think there's so much design right now that is technology focused, whether it's, you know, from climate control or other kinds of things like that. So that kind of is changing. Um, and I'd be curious to know how how when you come from two very different mindsets you can communicate the best or the most effectively between different groups of people in your experience oh yeah yes uh, first of all yeah i know and i'm very proud of friends of mine and of a lot of designers who started working very techy um that's very cool and i think that's the new avant-garde also in fashion yeah i feel myself as an ambassador between this in between this two things technology and fashion and actually in the companies and there is no wing woman or wing men between in between these two parts that has been always diff two different parts and even studying in fashion design in the university um, they don't bring technology and fashion together they're like kind of stuck in the 80s yeah, that's that's a good point. And from the outside, at least, it looks like you've created a fantastic piece of artificial intelligence that can really revolutionize an industry. But the biggest challenge is now to convince that industry to change its ways. Is, is that fair? And would you therefore say that communications is the biggest challenge you face right now? Yes, I mean, this um, industry is very traditional, right? Um Yes, we have to gain trust. We have to we have to talk a lot with them, and we are very close with all of them. I have a huge network in the fashion industry, and also Valeria, our sales and marketing uh, manager. She worked ten years in the Asian fashion industry, so we talk a lot to all our contacts, to all our network. We go in the in the companies. Um, also, the customers we have and the pilot clients, we are very close to them talking to them you know i mean they have to gain trust in something very new we always when we go to them and talk to them we we see that it's very new and they cannot even imagine what is possible with the artificial intelligence what we can do and what what how can that help them to work in a better way and what has worked really well for you to persuade the other side in terms of opening the doors and then uh, getting them to test the product it works very well that we are both, Valeria and me, are coming from their side. Your designers, Valeria was a production manager. That was the best thing. And we have like allies. For example, in Puma, we have Martin Kronböge. He is creative director in Puma. He's like an ally and, and also our advisor, Jürgen Hahn from Marco Polo, and a lot more people who are coming from the fashion industry are supporting us. Why is it so important to have these supporters and external people on the advisory board to really drive your mission forward? What's the business impact there? It's important for us. Uh, 
in the company. So we have always the insights, right, of their companies because every company is working differently, even if they are similar. Uh, and also, like I said, it's good to have them as allies, right, that are manager from big companies, from big fashion companies. So other companies trust us. They bring us together with their network. So uh, we are getting into the inner circle of the fashion industry. I guess it takes a long time to build those kinds of relationships, though. Um, what what has helped you, I guess, to kind of uh, make that process go as smoothly as possible? I think it helped us that we are like persistent. We are staying on them. We are always updating, always asking. We know already how the kids are called, like how how the families are. We are always there. We are trying to get as much as PR as possible, and it helps. We building we building actually personal connection, a personal relationship to all all these uh, managers or all the people who are working in this company. But you generate a decent amount of media coverage and you, you received a number of awards. To what extent does this help you and, and what, what's your motivation to reach out to the media and place your story? Yeah, first of all, it helps the companies when, for example, when I won the um, Digital Female Leader Award, I took uh, the chief of design of Ernst Lang's family. And she was the same proud as I was, right? I brought her there and I went on the stage and I thanked her. So, and then also when I came back and I sent, and, and I was talking to all the companies and sending and saying, look, I won this award in the category of innovation. It, built a, it did build a lot of trust. And also I think PR and media builds trust. So... Jürgen Hahn from Marco Polo is saying always, we have, we have to be relevant as fast as possible. Yeah, that's a good point, especially for startup, right? Because it's from the outside, it's always very difficult to distinguish from, uh, you know, it's just a couple of people and maybe they, the idea isn't going anywhere. And okay, that's a, that's a real winner, a real in, innovative company that, that is going places, right? And I guess PR and communications and winning awards and, and these kinds of things, they help people make that uh, leap from... Uh, you know, it's just another startup to, okay, they, they really have a good thing going for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. You're right. Yes, it's it's super good. And we, as much as we are on media, as much we, I notice that the, they think, oh, they are really important. We have to work with them. And I mean, we founded 2020 in October. That's not even half year, right? So we have to, we have to go fast. We have to... You have to get the market, the market for us. Was there anything working with the media that didn't work? Any uh, sort of uh, upsets or, um, you know, reports that didn't come out the way you expected them? Um, I, th I think it's hard to get in the media you want to be in. So now we are working with professional PR, with a, with a professional PR team. So that's easier. And also it takes a lot of time to also, it's like the same communication, like with the companies. <laughs> Actually, so it's a lot of time we have to invest to, to build also relationships. So that was actually now the idea to take a PR team who helps, they help us to build up this communication with, the, with all the media. That definitely makes sense. I also noticed that you guys have put a lot of time and effort into the look and feel of your Instagram channel. Is that a channel that you're really kind of betting on at the moment? Yes, I, you know, um, the companies themselves, they don't look at this channels i think instagram for bigger companies it's not really working but we think that the designers they are in, on instagram right the designers and they have a look 
what what we are doing. So we put some work on it because also it's our image. You know, the pictures are presented, we are presenting, and everything is like our image. We are we are modern, we are agile, we are we are Yuna. But for the companies themselves, um, I think it's not very worthy to do Instagram for B2B marketing or PR. I think maybe Oliver can say something about it. I talked with him about uh, LinkedIn, for example, is a good channel to go for the companies. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's different channels here for different audiences. It makes complete sense uh, for your B2B audience on LinkedIn. And then the designers are definitely on Instagram. Um, you and I obviously met through Techstars, where I'm a mentor and you, you're currently supported by them. How has been your experience so far with Techstars? We, today we, we sent our um, thank you newsletter, actually. <laughs> so, we, so we were looking back to the three months and we built up a sales process. We built up a sales structure and we built up a sales team, actually. And we entered into tech stores and we've been more focused on our product. And now we are really sales driven. It's the only thing which what matters. We have the product and we go out and we have to, to do sales. That is our main approach from Textiles, I think. And of course, preparing all the documents for uh, future fundraising. And I mean, you know, there's this uh, mentor madness. <laughs> and we met so many mentors like, uh, like you. <laughs> and that was amazing also because we had a mentor for every thing we would have a need. So that was amazing. Yeah, we are very happy to be, we, we've been actually impressed to be part of um, Techstars. Nice. And looking forward, what's your kind of plan or goal for the next, say, five years as a company? We always now building this message, we're going to build a unicorn coming from Yuna. <laughs> um, of course, we are starting now in Germany, German fashion designers, German companies. We are already reaching out to Spain and whole Europe. As Valeria is coming from the Asian market, we reach out to Asia and we are going definitely to the US market because they are very innovative. I think um, all the fashion designers are more open, more innovative than maybe the European one. So we reach out very fast and... Yeah, the goal is to be the global digital leader in the design industry. It's definitely needed, isn't it? And are there many competitors in other parts of the world? There are some competitors, of course. There are more and more fashion companies or fashion tech companies or enterprise companies for the fashion industry coming up. That's why we have to be so fast. Because I think the fashion industry is one of the only industries which didn't digitize until now. They are still manually in a lot of uh, a lot of parts. So, yes, there are competitors. For example, in San Francisco, there's Servitude, or there is also Vue AI or Finesse. But we we will win. We will get the market. We are very fast. <laughs> it's interesting what they said that the fashion industry hasn't really digitalized. And from the outside, I would have thought that uh, you know, given fast fashion and the incredible logistics chains behind fashion companies that they would be much further or is it just that only the logistics the operational part has been digitalized but not the design part yes that the operational part and um, yes the design part not they never nobody ever had a look to this part and do you worry that we lose some of that artistic spirit or the creativity that you know 
is also the hallmark of fashion and I think that's something many people enjoy? I, I yes, but I studied arts before, you know, I was very creative and I'm, I am still very creative. And I see actually a chance to, to be more creative because you can design the designs you really sell by artificial intelligence and all the time and money you save, you can use for your creativity. So we are enhancing creativity, I would say. That's a nice way to um, <laughs> And what would maybe be your final advice for other people who are thinking about taking the leap and starting their own startup? I'm always saying never give up and keep going. But I, I was watching uh, Anne Wintour from Vogue like last week and she said something like um, believe always in your talent and own your decisions and own who you are because sometimes you're working that fast and you are that stressed and sometimes you forget that but keep believing in yourself no, that's a good point is there any piece of um, communications advice you would like to pass on something you've learned the hard way over the last couple of years yes i think um, building a team um, is kind of difficult finding the right people and what i um, lived in the team and i I think what is very good is a transpar transparency and honesty, right? Like I work with people who are, who didn't have a transparent conversation, communication skills. So it's very important in the team. And right now we have that actually that you are transparent and honest and you can talk open and you have your, I don't know, in German it's like a saying, you have your heart on your tongue. <laughs> So how is it called in English? I don't know. You know what I... Yes, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve, right? Yeah, I think that's a... I would say that's very important, at least for my for my team and how we work. And did you mean that people come from cultures that haven't been socialized to uh, communicate in a transparent manner? So it's just a habit or, or cultural factors? Or how, how do you explain that? Mm, actually, I don't know. I, yeah, it could be cultural thing also. Yeah, I mean, there are dead people and dead people. There are people who are working slower, people who can execute fast, people who can have a transparent communication. So it's, I think it's kind of also how, how you grew up. People are worried about what will happen if they are transparent and open, right? Yeah, 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 it could be. But the only way to work good together or we lived or we experienced to work good together is to be transparent. Because if you're not, you don't know what the other person is thinking and there's like you're coming in this weird conversation stuff and you don't know what to say and T totally i think my theory is that there are two kinds of cultures one culture is sort of the open and transparent one and there's the right you know the right way to communicate in that culture is being open and transparent there's a different culture where you can't be open and transparent and often that's either in huge companies or you know small companies that, that are you know don't have the right company culture um, and there, if you open and transparent, you, you get sanctions, right? sanctioned. You, uh, there's negative response to that. So if you take someone who's open and transparent and put, in the right in, put that person in the right environment, that person would thrive. If you put that person in the wrong environment, uh, that person would not do well or be well in that other environment. So that's at least something I've observed in you know, 20 years in business, um, that there are these two kinds of cultures. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. Totally. I agree. I think that's a really good point, Oliver. And also, you know, trying to then build the kind of culture um, you want in your company where people can always, you know, have that right level of freedom and transparency, even as you continue to grow. 
Yeah, and often people in those cultures, they think, well, was something wrong with me or am I wrong? And No, you're just in the wrong kind of culture. You, you're open, you're transparent, you're an honest person, you want to say what's on your mind. Um, and, and that means you need to be in the right environment and maybe you need to make a move. At least that's what I always saw and found, um, you know, working with different companies and, and many different cultures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so also. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been a fantastic conversation. You touch on so many interesting topics, technology, uh, sustainability, fashion. I mean, any of those could fill a show easily and uh, you, you work on all of these. And really impressed by this combination of the creative and the technological side of things. And uh, wish you all the best to in your endeavor to revolutionize the fashion industry. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's needed and uh, let's reduce some of that waste and uh, you know, make it more sustainable. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And let's build a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for listening and uh, hopefully see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to work with me and build and scale a profitable personal brand in just five weeks, check out the Unignorable Masters program on oliverhours.com. Because the invisible don't reach their full potential life, the unignorable do.